0: Gliding on top of the water in a canoe, kayak, or paddleboard, a person can get close to nature in a way that's just not possible on dry land. We have miles of inland and coastal paddling trails in Texas, just waiting for you to put in. Coming up on the podcast, we meet a man whose passion for paddling changed the course of his life, while also making time on the water more enjoyable for others. Stay with us. From Texas Parks and Wildlife, this is Under the Texas Sky, a podcast about nature and people and the connection they share. I'm Cecilia Nasty. Of all the sounds you'll hear in nature, that is not one of them. At least it won't be made by nature. But this particular sound is a precursor to helping people spend time outdoors on the water. And it echoes off the walls in an unassuming single story warehouse in an industrial park on the fringes of Austin, Texas, by this guy.
1: Hi, I'm Tony Smith. I'm the founder of Jarvis Boards, and we build handcrafted wood stand up paddle boards, surfboards, and wake surfboards right here in Austin, Texas.
0: Tony Smith was the kind of kid that loved to build things. He also had a penchant for dismantling and reassembling whatever came across his path. He loved understanding how things worked and creating with his hands. Add to that, he had a taste for the outdoors, which took root early in life.
1: We grew up in Houston, and so we would go down and go fishing. My brothers, my parents, all the time, and so just loved being around the water. Later in life, in college, started surfing and really fell in love with that. Hence, wanting to build the paddle boards and surfboards in the first place.
0: Building paddle boards full time didn't happen overnight. Tony earned a degree in finance, and after graduating university, he spent his days in an office environment instead of a natural environment. He eventually became a successful stockbroker and says it was a demanding yet rewarding career that he loved. Despite his success, Tony felt a yearning. He missed using his hands to build things as he had when he was younger. He wanted to rediscover his 10-year-old self. So, on a whim, he bought a how-to guide for building a cedar strip wood canoe at a local bookstore. He says the plan was to build a canoe first to learn the ropes and then build a wooden sea kayak. Building the canoe became a welcome stress reliever for Tony Smith, who was beginning to feel a bit burnt out from his high-stress job. He said he probably made every mistake possible during the process, but loved the distraction and the result of his efforts. Because after the sawdust settled, he had a beautiful and functional piece of art which drew the attention of onlookers whenever he took it out to Lady Bird Lake in Austin with his wife and their family dog. The success he had with the canoe whet his appetite for trying his hand at building other watercraft. It wasn't long before he was spending nearly all his free time in his garage constructing wooden stand-up paddle boards for personal enjoyment. He'd become enamored of paddle boarding on his honeymoon in Costa Rica. Friends and neighbors took notice of his handiwork and wanted Tony to make boards for them too. In no time, he found himself running a part-time business he hadn't planned, helping people get outdoors and onto the water.
1: Yeah, so it was interesting. For you know, several years, I straddled a fence, if you will. I would work in finance come here on my lunch breaks and, you know, come here at the shop uh, after work, nights, weekends, sometimes until one in the morning, working on, on wood boards. And it just got too much after a while and, and sort of had to take that leap of faith and, and go for the paddle boards full time. And, yeah, here we are a few years later. So.
0: Well, how was that for you when you finally did take that leap of faith? You had to decide one or the other.
1: It's, it was nerve wracking, right? Like, I love the company I was working for. Um, it was a great job, stable career. Absolutely loved it. Loved the people. But there was just that, that nagging question of what if, right? And I didn't want to live with that what if I could have made it. And so, you know, the real big sort of aha moment where I knew I had to flip the switch. I came here on my lunch break one day, did a little bit of work, zip back to the, the office. And my admin goes, dude, you have sawdust all over the back of your suit. And I knew then, you know, it's it's time to sort of make that decision to, to go for it um, and haven't looked back since.
0: Tony Smith made his first wooden paddleboard in 2012 and officially launched Jarvis Boards shortly thereafter, using his middle name for the business. I met Tony one afternoon in late spring at his warehouse workshop in southeast Austin, just a couple of miles from Texas Parks and Wildlife Headquarters. Upbeat, fit, and muscular, this African-American millennial man knows who he is and what he wants from life. His workshop consists of four rooms. Working with his team, the work of cutting, glue-up, assembly, shaping, and sanding takes place in the largest room in the building. Meanwhile, in a smaller adjoining area, they waterproof and glass the boards. Glass is his shorthand for fiberglass.
1: Yeah, so this side of the shop, we'll do the majority of the woodworking and sanding down of the boards. So um, this is a big part of where the the boards are born. We'll mill down the wood on the bandsaw here. All right, so we will just line the bandsaw blade up. It's about where we want it. And turn off the safety switch.
0: A band saw is a cutting tool where a band of steel with teeth rotates on two wheels and passes through a table. The saw has guides and bearings located above and below the blade that hold it in position as it cuts. Tony used it to cut a piece of cedar in half to use as tail blocks on the board he was working on before I arrived. And so about how thick do you cut pieces for this? It depends on the board that we're making and the piece
1: of wood. So, you know, the boards, some of them have as many as 20 different pieces of wood. The nose and tail blocks that we use are about uh, two inches thick. That not only looks unique cosmetically, it also provides a lot of impact resistance. So think of, you know, an epoxy coating over a hardwood floor versus epoxy over a styrofoam cooler and that's sort of the durability difference if you will Um, and that's why you know surfers originally back in the day started putting wood on the nose and tail of boards
0: look at me learning things
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right so we cut this raw piece of wood down the two thinner strips that we can then glue up into a tail block
0: Once the raw wood's been ripped, he uses a chop saw to cut it down to size.
1: This one's going to be a little bit louder.
0: As easy as that, just like cutting through butter. Just like
1: cutting through butter. You don't want your finger close to that. (laughs)
0: No. (laughs) And I see that you have all of yours.
1: I do have all of mine. Thank goodness. (laughs) Don't jinx it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> oh, sorry.
1: <laughs> Obviously, the boards that we make, they're all handcrafted right here in Austin. And to make, you don't want the wood touching the water. So to make the, the board waterproof, we take it over to the next room over, which is where we do the fiberglass coating on the board, which makes a permanent bond. You don't have to refinish it or do anything like that um, to reseal the wood. Once you laminate it, it's done. And it's a, you know, a durable product. They'll be uh, get years of use. So okay. Cool. I'll show you that room.
0: Tony and I wove our way through stacks of lumber, electrical cords, workbenches, and bales of styrofoam until we reach the door to the next room.
1: Watch
0: your step uh, Yeah, I know. <laughs>
1: Sorry. That's um, so in this room, as I said, we'll do the fiberglassing. And it starts with this, it looks like just cloth, right? Uh-huh. Um, it's flexible, it's pliable. We'll roll this out on the wood. We'll then mix up some two-part epoxy. And spread it covering the entirety of the board, permanently bonding the wood with the fiberglass. So, yeah, well, it, you know, it's a lot of skill and. Practice it goes into into to making that permanent bond. You know, not only look really good so you can see the wood grains of the wood, um, but to also make it strong and structural as well. The cool thing about doing it is when you are in this stage, it's when the wood really comes to life. So you can see the wood grains, you can see the knots in the wood, um, and you can really see the uniqueness of of that given board that you're building.
0: And this isn't the only thing you do.
1: So paddle boards has been our bread and butter we've recently introduced wood wake surfboards and wood surfboards as well um it's just you know been fun and one of the cool things about what we do is we build a lot of custom boards so customers will come to us and ask for a board for a graduation or anniversary or a retirement and we'll laminate you know, the individual's name or date or whatever is significant to that person to make that personalized product for them. That's what's really cool is because we get to engage with them, learn their story, and be a part of all of these different life journeys of individuals around the world.
0: Most modern-day stand-up paddleboards are mass-produced and constructed solely of man-made materials like foam or plastic. Some are even inflatable. Tony's handcrafted paddleboards are hollow core wooden vessels.
1: The wood, you know, it's not just cosmetic. It adds a tremendous amount of impact, resistance, and strength, and rigidity to the board. And so because of that, we're able to use less of the epoxies mm-hmm. and the fiberglass that, that standard boards use.
0: And what kinds of woods are you using?
1: Uh, so it varies. Um, we've made, primarily we use a lot of cedar, maple, uh, maple, uh, cherry. And then we've done some hemlock, walnut, and some exotic woods as well, mm-hmm. like babinga and, and other cool stuff sort of as, as requested.
0: He said he especially likes using cedar because it's a dream to work with, even though it makes him sneeze. While paddle boards have gained popularity over the past two decades, these conveyances have an ancient lineage. More than 2,000 years ago, Peruvian fishermen were believed to have used a kind of stand-up paddle board made of reeds that were tightly bound together with ropes made of organic fibers. We've come a long way since then.
1: So once the the board's fully glued up, it's sort of a bunch of different raw wood pieces with a recycled styrofoam core. It then all needs to be sanded down to finish shape. That takes a, a fair number of hours. So... Um, what we'll do is sand down uh, one of those boards.
0: Tony pulled a nearly finished board from one bench onto another for sanding. The board towered over him when he held it vertically. All right. It looks too big for you to carry. Uh,
1: no, so they're this one actually is one of the big ones. They're really lightweight, and we... Uh, put a handle in the middle that's ergonomic that, that makes it easy for you to wrap your hand around and, and carry it uh, just kind of on your hip if you will. Okay. Alright, so this board you can see sort of the wood nose and tail block that we cut a second ago would look like this. Uh-huh. And so to sand it down we'll take one of our hand orbital sander, fire it up and just literally sand it down till we get it to the, the right shape. Make it so. Make it so. Yep, that's it. All right, here we go.
0: With the business end of the orbital sander, Tony used long, smooth movements along the entire length of the board to ensure an even surface free of ridges and rippling. I could not help but run my hand over it when he was done. And it's so silky.
1: Yeah, it ends up, uh, when we're done with it, the wood is really smooth. Once we have it all sanded down and have the shape how we want it, we would then take it over to the next room, roll out that fiberglass cloth and cover the entire board to waterproof the wood, if you will. Okay.
0: And so I see all this styrofoam here. What is that used for?
1: Yeah. So we will use uh, on the inside of the board, a recycled styrofoam core. That's what helps keep the board lightweight. Um, And then we'll also use that same recycled styrofoam as packaging for the products that we ship out to make sure they get where they're going safely.
0: Following his heart and his love of the outdoors, Tony Smith of Jarvis Boards created a fulfilling life around handcrafting paddle boards so others can experience the wonder of gliding on the water in harmony with nature while making memories to last a lifetime.
1: You know, I started building these boards for my own personal use and enjoyment it's really taken me aback how much I've enjoyed connecting with the individuals that have purchased our boards and literally seeing on Instagram, somebody in California or Michigan or Switzerland out paddling with their family and making those family memories um, is really cool for me personally, because I feel like I'm a small part of that. So I hope it becomes sort of a, a heirloom piece, if you will, that they can use love and enjoy for a long time and you know make great family memories and hopefully inspire them to, to go in and do something cool as well.
0: Whether you use a paddleboard, canoe, or kayak, Texas Parks and Wildlife has resources to help get you on the water. Visit its Texas Paddling Trail page. Before going to any Texas State Park, natural area, or historic site, we recommend you check the website for updates or call the site directly. Oh, and one more thing, remember to wear a life jacket when you're on the water. So we come to the end of another podcast. Under the Texas Sky is a production of Texas Parks and Wildlife and is available at underthetexassky.org or wherever you get your podcasts. We record the podcast at the Block House in Austin, Texas. Joel Block does our sound design. Randall Maxwell is our associate producer. Susan Griswold and Benjamin Kaling provide distribution and web help and Whitney Bishop does our social media. I'm your producer and host, Cecilia Nasti, reminding you that life's better outside when you're under the Texas sky.
1: I came here on my lunch break one day, did a little bit of work, zipped back to the the office, and my admin goes, dude, you have sawdust all over the back of your suit. Um, And I knew then, you know, it's it's time to sort of make that decision to to go for it um, and haven't looked back since.
0: Join us again next time for Under the Texas Sky.